don't start this one? Okay. Good morning, everyone. How are you? 
Good, good. If you guys want to, you can ha have a seat for just a few moments before we get, uh, get started into our worship service this morning. If you're here visiting with us, if you're here for the first time, my name is Ben. I am the lead pastor here. We are glad that you are joining us in glorifying the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords this morning because, listen, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, bringing honor and glory to God. Amen? Um, a few things, just a couple announcements really quickly. want to make sure that you remember youth group and youth group parents. Tonight, our youth, uh, they're doing their color wars at Bra uh, Matt and Brooke. I about said Brad Holly. So, I mean, it's according to who you ask, right? Um, Matt and Brooke Holly's house, they're doing our color wars tonight. That's going to start at 6. If you want to ride out there, meet here at the church at 545. Also, our kids, uh, for basics tonight, they're going to be going down to the splash pad, still meeting here uh, at normal time, you know, same bat channel, all of that good stuff. You can see uh, Mandy, you can ask some questions when you pick the kids up if you want more information on what the kids are doing tonight. Also, want to remind you, uh, we've done some pictures here recently for our church directory. We're going to be printing some of those out here in the next few weeks. If you would, if you've not had a picture, uh, if you've not turned one in, and you'd like your information to be in there, please get in touch with Vicki here at the church office throughout the week. That way she can make sure that you're in, included in that before we print those off. Uh, at this time, I want to remind everyone about uh, the opportunity to give in our offering this morning. Uh, we've got some different ways that you can give. You can give electronically, fccgrayson.com forward slash give. We've got some boxes out in the lobby that you can place some envelopes in if you'd like to give while you're here today. Uh, and you can also mail it in to 287 Pomeroy Street if you would like to do that as well. One thing that we like to remind you all uh, of is that we have 11 different missions that we support here at First Church on a regular basis. It's done through a Faith Promise program. And these missionaries, uh, it can be individuals, organizations, and they're all the way from people and, and um, organizations here locally, all the way to international level and all steps in between. Uh, we support them monthly through the Faith Promise. Some of you have pledged each month to give into the Faith Promise. Uh, that way we can continue to support these missions. Uh, but if you're not, if you're, this is the first time you're hearing about Faith Promise, didn't know we had it, want to encourage you, if you would like to help us support uh, these missionaries, we're going to take one each month and kind of highlight them as we go throughout the year, but wanted to make you aware if you'd like to give specifically into helping us support missionaries, not only here, but near and far away also, you can do that. And in the mem memo of your giving, you can just put faith promise and we'll make sure that it gets allocated to the right place. So at this time, I'm going to ask Andrew Bassler, if he would, to come. He's going to lead us in our scripture reading and our prayer this morning. So if you would, please stand to your feet as we read God's word. Good morning, church. I'm excited to be here this morning. I'm excited to worship here in the house of the Lord, and I hope you are as well. I'm going to be reading from Psalm 113, and we serve a mighty and powerful God, and it's humbling to be here and worship Him today. Who is like the Lord our God? Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. 
The Lord is high above all nations, and his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, who is seated on high, who looks far down on the heavens and the earth? He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes, with the princes of his people. He gives the barren woman a home, making her the joyous mother of children. Praise the Lord. If you would, pray with me this morning. Father, we are so thankful to be here in your house. Father, we're so thankful to be gathered with people that we love and people who love you. And Father, I just pray that as we come to you now in this time of worship, God, we can focus our hearts on you. We thank you for the safety and the comfort that you give us here in this country to worship you. But Father, I pray that we not let it be a hindrance uh, to our worship. God, I pray that we allow our minds to be focused fully on you and your goodness and your sovereignty. Father, we love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Sure, how sweet. 
constantly going after us. Lord, we're just sorry for any of the sins that we commit, and we're just so thankful um, that you will forgive us and that we have your son to look to as an amazing example. Lord, I just thank you for this, this time of worship where we can sing to you and read your word and just know more about you and um, just that we have access to you and your spirit. God, I just pray over everyone in this place today just that um, we would um, be ready to hear what you want us to know today and that we would be inspired by your word to go out and to give hope to those around us to tell the gospel of Jesus and how he saved us and how he loves us so immensely. God, we, we love you so much and we thank you for sending Jesus to die for us so that we could have salvation and that we can live the life we have right now with you, but that we can live forever with you in the next, in perfection. God, we ask all of this in Jesus' amazing name. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. You know what, uh, man, you guys sound really good out there. I want you to know that, man. It was just a blessing. I love that last song that we sang right there. Just this last part. I want to read this again. I will not boast in anything. No gifts, no power, no wisdom. But I will boast in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. Is that just amazing right there? I love that. You know, that's, that's the cry of our hearts. You know, I know we talk every week about communion. This is our communion time here. And I wanted to share a verse. You know, we've talked about reflection, and we talked about bringing us back. And today I want to talk about transformation. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 18, it says, But we all, with unveiled face, Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. When we're looking at Christ, it changes our life. This is why we celebrate communion. You know, Jesus, when he was getting ready to celebrate the Last Supper, he said, man, how I've longed to celebrate with you this time. He said, then I'm not doing it again until after he comes for us again. And, and, you know, it's a time for us to gaze into this wondrous moment of mercy and grace where righteousness and truth have kissed when we see God's judgment and his grace poured out upon us in such an amazing and powerful way, the cross. This is why we take this moment to reflect and remember what he did for us. Remember, you know, I was reading in Psalms 32, it says, How blessed is the man whose transgressions are forgiven. When we look to this place of shame this, that he bore for us, it's a moment when we can realize, you know what, man, all of my sins, past, present, and future, are nailed on that tree, and I am forgiven. I am called his son. I am called his child. He has made me holy, 
blameless and above reproach. Listen to those promises. Those are life-changing, transforming promises that when we gaze to him, we don't have to see just a bunch of sin. We see the glory of the cross, and we can say with Paul, God forbid that I should boast except in anything, except of the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, every week that we do this, we have a time for reflection. I want to take a few moments here and just ask you to go before the Lord. Just, you know, confess any sins, confess to Him, just draw close to Him, however that works for you. So let's take a few moments to do that. When Jesus was drawing forth and he took the bread, the Bible says that he broke it. If you would open up your communion, just remember how his body was broken for us. He was beat, he was bruised, he was punched, he was hit. You know, these are the things that he bore at any time. He could have said, enough, I'm done. But he saw us. He saw the forgiveness of our sins and his body was broken. So let's take, eat, and remember. Let's open up our grape juice. As he passed this around, he said, this is my blood which is given for the remission of sins and atonement for us. This is what makes us holy. This is it. So let's take this in remembrance of him. Please pray with me. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the power of your word, for the power of your spirit transforming the lives that you who began a good work in us will complete it. We ask that you would help our gazes to be drawn towards you. Lord, we lift up uh, the message that's going to come. We just ask, Lord God, that you would help us to hear what you're saying, that you would open our ears and our lives would be transformed. In Jesus' name, everyone said. Good morning, everyone. Didn't think you were going to hear two sermons today, did you? <laughs> Man, I'm so grateful to be able to share with you guys again from God's Word. Uh, my name is Kelly Blodgett. I'm the intern. I'm, I'm just wrapping up my internship here at First Church. And man, it's been such a blessing to be able to learn and to just be able to be mentored by Ben. Uh, you know, he's such a, he's, he has such a way of speaking and preaching the Word of God powerfully, and, uh, and it's just been such a blessing in, for me and, and for my family to be here with you guys. Um, last week, we began a four-week series, or study, however you want to look at it, of, of biblical markers of a healthy church. And we started out last week, we looked at that, that, that God, Jesus more specifically, must be Lord of our lives, not just Savior. We love the idea of Savior, but he must be Lord of our lives, right? And we, we talked about how that needs to be not just, we don't just proclaim Jesus as Lord with our mouths, but we proclaim Jesus' Lordship with the way that we live our lives, right? You all remember that? And, and so this week, I want to I take a different, store, uh, different kind of, we're going to steer away from that. And this is all also under the idea that uh, we exist as a church to glorify God, right? And we do that by being a light to this world, by making and maturing biblical disciples. 
right? That's how we do that. And so this week, I want to talk to you about giant sequoias, okay? I got a picture, I got a couple of pictures I want to share with you guys. It doesn't even look real, does it? It doesn't. That's a real picture, I promise. If you've never been there, I mean, you have to go. It's amazing. My wife, uh, we went, we've been a couple times, we lived in Oregon, and my wife, we get there and she's just like, yeah, it's a big tree. <laughs> cool. Let's head on down uh, farther <laughs> south in California. But, uh, but man, I just, I love these. And, and, you know, these giant sequoias are some of the oldest living things on the planet. Some of these trees, there's one in particular, I think it might be Sherman, I'm not sure, don't quote me on that, but one is 3,300 years old. To give you an idea of how old that is, if you go back to Judges in your Bible, that is the time period that that tree started growing. Okay, these trees get over 300 feet tall. They have bases that are 30 foot diameter, you know. I mean, you can see this is ridiculous. And, and they're massive trees. They live, like I said, 3,300 years old. Um, it's hard to understand this one. I don't understand, but supposedly some of these trees weigh over 3 million pounds. I don't even know what that means. I mean, how much is, that's a lot, right? I mean, 3 million pounds, as much as an ocean-going freighter, they say. And, and, I, and I just what really fascinates me the most about this is that they withstand, there's storms on the Pacific coast and on the, in the whole, you know, all, there, there are massive storms, cyclones, you know, leftovers from those come through, winds of up to 100 miles an hour come through there all the time. And these trees have held sturdy for 3,000 plus years, which is fascinating. And, you know, it's easy to think that they must have these tap roots that go into the ground, you know, like a lot of uh, deciduous trees, they have tap roots, right? Well, that's not the case. They don't have deep roots going hundreds of feet into the ground. They, their roots go 6 to 12 feet deep. Isn't that bizarre? But where their strength is, is that they spread out hundreds of feet. And when they do that, they interlock, they intertwine, they become united with the trees around them. They become one with those other trees. It's, it's a fascinating thing. That is where their strength is. That's how they survived. That's how they've stayed standing for thousands of years. I want to look at a passage of Scripture out of John 17. And I just want to have, hopefully we can keep that picture in our minds, these massive trees that have withstood storm after storm for thousands of years by being connected to the other trees around them, being unified. John 17, 20 through 23, this is what it says. It says, my prayer, oh, let me just set the stage here. Jesus prays for himself here. This is towards the end of his ministry. Uh, he prays for himself, he prays for his disciples, and then he prays for us. He prays for all who would come after him. And, and this is his prayer. And I want you to see if you can pick up on a, on a theme here. There's a common theme in this prayer. We only have time to read part of the, the prayer for future believers. This is what he says. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. He's talking about the disciples there. That through their message, others would believe. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them, you in me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them 
even as you have loved me. I want to pray. I want to pray real quick here. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for your word. God, thank you for your spirit, Lord, that you've put in us, God, to guide us and direct us. And thank you so much for your church. God, I thank you. God, may you be glorified this morning in our time of worship. In Jesus' name, amen. So did you pick up on the common theme of that prayer that Jesus had for us? Anybody? Yeah? Unity, right? That we would be one. His prayer for the church, for us, 2,000 years later was the same as it was then. It was that they would be one, but not just that we would be one, right? Because then we would just be a club, but that we would be one in Christ, right? And that's the name of this, this message is that we are rooted together in Christ. That was his prayer for his church. You know, I just expand on this picture in your mind that 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 fertile soil that you saw those massive trees growing in, it's like the soil of Jesus Christ, man, that that, that he is what we are growing together in, right? Because it doesn't matter if we just grow, it's like, what's the big deal? We are rooted together. In verse 21 and 22, he says that, uh, may they be also be in us so that, It's not just that we would be together, we would have him, so that the world would know, right? That the world may believe that Jesus is Lord. That's why he wants us to be so intertwined, that we would be so united, that the world may know. And he reiterates that, you know? This is a fascinating thing to me. The more you look at this and dig in this, I hope you study this throughout the week, maybe look at it more. But, But, man, this is a prayer for unity, And that's why we can't just gather as the church once a week and expect to have this kind of unity, to have this kind of intimacy in each other's lives. I mean, this is deep intimacy, right? Deep-rooted, all three, Father, Son, and Spirit. You think about the triune God, and you think about us together with God, with his Spirit in us, leading us and guiding us. We grow in the soil of Jesus Christ. But we can't just grow up alone. You know, these trees, if you cut down every tree around them, it wouldn't take very long before that tree would, would get blasted down by some heavy wind. Something 300 feet in the air is not going to make it on its own. And that's exactly what it looks like as a Christ follower, as a disciple of Christ. We need each other so much. Verse 23 says again, May they be brought to complete unity. Why? So that the world would know. Like, I can't emphasize this enough. This, is, this, this godly love, this is radical, sacrificial love that we are so joined together that we just kind of get blurry. It just kind of blurs together. And this is different than worldly love. Like I said, that we have the spirit in us. This isn't just a club. We're not just the Elks Lodge here. Not, there's nothing wrong if you go to the Elks Lodge. I'm not saying that. But, but we, have, we have something way more there. It is the Spirit of God that is in each one of his followers that unites us. It's it's what unites us. It's what drives us. And without that community of of, of fellowship, when you don't, you never notice, like, you can hang out with people that aren't Christians, and you might have a great time, but you still long for something, don't you? Because when you get together with his church, man, that longing is is, complete because you're with other followers of Christ that have the Spirit in them. That is true unity and community, and that's what God desires for all people. But when we 
exemplify that. When we do that in the church, man, people want to see, they want to know what's going on. That's different. There's something different about that church. There's something different going on there because we have the Spirit in us. You know, this connection, too, that we have, it's eternal, right? You can go to a club or, or, or a bar or whatever it is, and that's not eternal. We're stuck with each other for eternity here, guys. <laughs> we better start figuring this out. Get along here. We need to become united. You might as well get united now, okay? Eternity's a long time, right? So this is this biblical marker rooted together in Christ. And I, and I, and I have four things that, I, that, I, that we need from each other is what I said up here. But really what, it, what I, my thought was that more of like, why do we need to be so rooted together in Christ? Why can't I just maybe do the bare minimum? Maybe I just, you know, just a little bit. Why can't I just give God a little bit? Maybe just fellowship a little bit. I don't want to get that involved. And, and these are four reasons that I could think of they're important. I want to look at them. Encouragement. We need encouragement, don't we? I mean, who doesn't like to be encouraged? No hands. Perfect. Good. We all need encouragement. Man, I, I know I do. You know, Paul wrote to Timothy in, in 2 Timothy, and the whole letter is about encouragement, really. But uh, I just want to read a little bit of this to you. I don't even have a slide for this. You can just listen to me. But this is the kind of stuff that, that, that Paul wrote to Timothy to encourage him. He knew how important this was, that he was going to need encouragement. Timothy was trying to lead a church. That's hard. He said, I thank God whom I serve as, as my forefathers did with a clear conscience. As night and day, I constantly remember you in, your, in my prayers. Timothy, I'm praying for you, he's saying. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. You bring me joy. Your faith brings me joy, Timothy. I've been reminded of your sincere faith. You have sincere faith, man. Keep going. That's awesome. Praise God, man. I see that faith in you. And it just keeps going. I mean, read the whole chapter. It's, it's encouraging, but we need encouragement. Desperately, we need encouragement to keep going. It's hard to follow the ways of God and not the ways of this world. What is this world is just in our face and trying to suck us away from God. It's hard. We need encouraging truth spoken into our lives regularly. And when you're, when you're gathered, when you're rooted together with other Christians, not just on a Sunday morning, but throughout your week, you're going to get that encouragement throughout your week. Second thing that's huge is accountability, right? We need accountability. And yeah, man, this is something, man. Sometimes we, we don't see our sin. We don't see sin coming up, sneaking up on us even. We, we like to wander from the truth. And in James 5, 16, we actually have a group named after that <laughs> that meets every Saturday morning in the basement here for men at a little plug at 6 a.m. You want accountability? Show up this next Saturday at 6 a.m. True accountability. But this is what it says. It says, uh, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And then it goes on. It says, my brothers, if one of you should wander from the faith, from the truth, and someone should bring you back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death, will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Listen to this. If you don't have accountability in your life, if, you, if you're waiting until you need accountability, it's going to be too late. 
Man, families are destroyed because men and women don't have accountability. Man, I've seen this over and over again. Adultery, pornography, man, addictions. When these things are left in the dark, they kill families. They destroy families. Please don't wait to get accountability until you absolutely need it because it might be too late. You need accountability. And it is crucial, it is paramount in our walk to be rooted together in Christ in accountability. Man, you are going to be able to withstand those heavy winds, those heavy temptations of life if you have accountability. But don't wait. The third thing that I, I feel like is very important, I don't feel like it's important, I think it's important, is an example to follow. It's one thing to read about you know, how we are to live our lives in the Bible. It's another thing to, to see that lived out in other, in other believers, right? We need an example, right? Again, Paul, what did Paul say in 1 Corinthians 11? Follow me as I follow Christ, Right? He's not saying, follow me, that I'm doing anything great. He's just saying, I'm trying to follow God. Why don't you see what I'm doing? Try to follow God with me. Follow Christ with me. That's all I'm saying. You know, for me, I'm going to surround myself with men who challenge me, who, who point me to Jesus. They don't point me to the things of this world anymore. I don't have time for those guys in my life. Man, I surround myself with men who point me at God. And they're like, man, this is what we're doing. We're going to go this way, man. They help me to be a more godly husband, a more godly friend, a more godly whatever. Whatever it is, man. They're pointing me to Jesus by their example in their lives. If they're not, man, I, 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 it's hard to, to, to really focus on those guys. You know? We need men and women in our lives who are worthy of imitating. You think about that. I'm not saying don't bring along somebody else, you know, that needs to, to, to get right on, you know, on that road. But man, we need guy, men and women in our lives who are worthy of imitating. It's paramount. Who are your roots entangled with? Using that illustration, that, that picture of those sequoias. Who are your roots really entangled with? I want you to ask yourself that. If you're a note taker, put that down. Because, you know, the, the, the reality is, is that we all have our roots tangled in with somebody. We just do. We are creatures of community. We love community. We want it. We desire it. We need it. So we are involved somewhere. We're united somewhere. Fourth thing, we need to lift each other up. We need help. We just need help sometimes, you know? We just need help moving or something, right? No. I'm going to go back. I am going to Old, I am going to Old Testament here, sir. Exodus 17. This is one of my favorite old stories in the, in the Bible, and, and it's one that it, I feel like it gets lost in there behind the water and the rock and everything, you know? You guys know this story? Uh, the Amalekites were they're, they're battling the Israelites, and, and Moses said, I'm going to hold the staff of God up, and we're going to win this thing. Can you imagine, I mean, even if it's like a 10-pound staff, that's hard to do, right? I mean, you can't only hold, I mean, just a three-minute worship song, if I hold my hand up, I start getting tired, I switch hands, you know? But that's what he said. He said, just, if, and so Joshua goes down there, and you're fighting Aaron and her, go up the mountain with him, and he got tired. And it just very simply says that he, he got tired, so they put a rock under him, he sat down, and they held either staff, either side of the staff on either side of him, 
And he was able to keep it over his head, and they ended up winning that war. And it's such a simple picture of, of, man, we just need each other. We need help. We need help. We're not supposed to do this on our own. This life is hard. It's hard to follow God. It's hard living life. There are so many struggles and trials and temptations. You know, we need each other's help. Life's hard. I feel like these four things really show us what the, the thing, four things that come from true community. You might be thinking of something else. That's okay. There's more to it. Of course there is. But this is what the church is all about. But we have to have deep-rooted relationships in Jesus Christ to have that. This is discipleship, you guys. This is discipleship. This is being disciplined in Christ. That's what discipleship is. It's becoming disciplined in the things of Christ, and that's what we do for each other when we're rooted together in Jesus Christ. I had a man in my life, Jamie, I shared with, I think, last time I spoke, but he was my mentor. He was my pastor, but he was also my mentor, and he was very intentional about how he mentored me. I got saved, and right, right away he asked me to come to a home group with him, and I was like, okay, that sounds fine. I'll, I'll do that. I'll try that. And we had, we had food together. We ate meal, and we prayed, and we studied God's word together. And then he said, I'd like to, I'd like to meet with you once a week and, and just study the word together. And I said, okay. So I started doing that. And man, I could tell you honestly that my marriage would have never survived had this man not said, hey, I want to mentor you. He didn't say it like that because I was like, I was the kind of person like, I don't need nothing, you know, from anybody. He didn't say it like that, but he mentored me. If he wouldn't have mentored me like that, my wife would have never, our marriage would have not worked. It wouldn't have. But that was the beginning of me becoming rooted together with other Christ followers in the soil of Jesus Christ. Devin and I, Devin, my brother Devin, I'm calling him out right there, my bro. We, uh, we started meeting together when I first got here to FCC over a year ago. And we started meeting very intentionally to, to have an accountability group. We have, a, we have intentional questions. How are you doing in your Bible reading this week? How, how are you doing as a husband and a father? What temptations are you struggling with? You see, when you have that kind of accountability, you bring it all to the light before it gets to that point, like I said, where it's destroying your family. This is crucial. And man, I can't imagine not doing that today. I had that in Oregon, and I knew how important it was. I prayed before I even got here that God would put a man in my life that I could do that with. We've become rooted together in, in Christ. Uh, a couple months ago, we, we had both of us felt like the Lord was kind of like, you need to ask some other guys. So we asked some younger men, hey, do you want to join us in this accountability group? They were like, yes, I need that. I want that. And man, I was like, that's amazing. You know, there's no hesitation there. And, and the point there is that, man, I, I know that men and women are hungry for these deep, rooted relationships in Jesus Christ. It's just a lot of times we don't know how to ask for it. We don't know how to ask for it. That's why we need people, man, that will do that. We need to be that for each other. We all need the same thing. We all need unity. Like I said, we can, you, you know, my mom, she's going to kill me for this. Oh my gosh, am I going to say this? Okay. When I was a kid, my mom, she was at the bar all the time. Okay. She was desperate for community. You ever felt like that? Man, you just wanted connection. You want community. 
You, you want to be uni- unified with other people, you know? I baptized my mom like six years ago, guys. Praise God. But you know what? We all seek that, man, and we'll seek it anywhere. But like I said, when, when you get that in the church, man, with other believers that have the Spirit of God in them, man, that's when you're satisfied. That is where you're going to be satisfied, I promise you. This only changes by very intentional, very intentional relationships. We have to be intentional about this. We're either rooted in worldly relationships and, and fellowship and unity or in Christ. In the book of Acts, I, I love this very simple, uh, I don't want to call it a model for church. It's, it's not, but it is the example that they had at that time. It's very simple. Acts 2, 42, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That's the word of God, right? To the, the fellowship, being together and, and, you know, just doing things together in Jesus' name. To breaking of bread. That's meals, man. Just eating. You know, something happens when you sit down with a meal, doesn't it? When you just sit down face to face and you enjoy a good meal together, you really get to know each other. All of a sudden, people are saying stuff. You're like, wow, you're really opening up over here. You know what I'm saying? You do. And then what else? Prayer. Man, that's church, man. That's, that's what we're called to do. Are you devoted to those things with other believers, with other followers of Jesus Christ? We, we should be. We should be. It, it goes on in, in sorry, in, uh, it says, all the believers were together and had everything in common. <laughs> That's where it gets a little weird. Okay, a little iffy here. I don't know if I want to be always together with every believer and have everything in common. What does that even mean? Their lives revolved around Jesus Christ. Listen, when you have Jesus Christ in common, you have everything in common. You have the Spirit of God living in you. We, we have everything in common. We're children of God. That's what the church is. It's full of people that are children of God. If you have that in common, man, you got everything in common. Even though we all come from different walks of life, right? I was thinking about the disciples. You've got tax collectors. You know, you've got fishermen. You've got a zealot. Uh, what else? Uh, there's, you know, these, all these guys from different walks of life. But, man, they were united in Christ. Their roots were intertwined, man. There was no getting away from it. They couldn't change that. It says, every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. I think it's in verse 47. Like I said, I didn't put it up there. Every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. And, you know, this is something that the early Christians actually adopted from Judaism. Is that every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. Can you imagine if we even ascribed to half of that? If we just met, say, three days a week, we'll round down. What if we, as a church, started meeting three times a week? Man, can you imagine how deeply rooted our families would be and how deeply rooted we would be with one another? That, man, when you're hurting, I know, man, I can tell, I can see it in your face. What's going on, brother? You know, oh, I'm struggling with this, man. And, man, it, you, these temptations and this sin that's trying to kill all of us, can be averted, man, 
That's what it looks like when, you, when the church is this unified. In this, our lives, our roots are just tangled together. That's what this looks like. You know, I think of Bible studies. I think of, of life groups, men's breakfast. We try to have a men's breakfast about every other month here. Men's breakfast. What else we got? Celebrate recovery. I'm going to bring this up again. I don't know if you're aware of this, but every Tuesday night down here, there is a church service. There is all of those things I just mentioned in, in Acts. There's the apostles' teaching. We, we teach from the word of God. We have fellowship. We sit down and have a meal together, and we pray together. And man, it is amazing. It is a beautiful thing. And it's not just for those people with, with these addictions and compulsive behaviors. It's people who have sin problems. Anybody here have a sin problem? A couple of us. Yeah. Just a couple of us. It's a service where we get real. Now, we get our roots all tangled up, don't we? We live life together. We do. And from that, man, we're living life together throughout our weeks and throughout our days. Can you imagine if we lived our lives like that? Man, what a beautiful thing. This is how we build deep-rooted relationships in Christ, is all being just very intentional way. When's the last time you invited a family here from FCC over to your house for dinner or for lunch or something throughout the week? Just think about that. Just thought, you know, we're going to invite them over. See if we like them or not. <laughs> That's how you get rooted together, man. That's how we do this. It's not going to happen on an hour on a Sunday morning. It's just not. Everybody's doing great Sunday morning. You know what I mean? Everybody's doing great. Everything in common because they had Christ in common. Man, we have got that. That's what we have. If we're a Christ follower, we have that. Called to follow Christ together, united, rooted together in Christ. I like the, if you go to the very end of Acts 2, it says this, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Why? Because of all that that I just talked about. Because they were living lives together, rooted together in Christ. Everyone around them saw that this is different. They're not just meeting once, you know, like I said, like at the Elks Lodge once a week. It's not just a club. This is not that thing. This is the church of God. This is his body full of people that are filled with his spirit. The way they love each other, the way they take care of each other, the way they act with one another, the way they talk to each other even is different than what I see in this world. I want to know more about that. That's what happened. That's what happened. Just like I said in John 17, at the very end there, what I read earlier, do we have that up there? Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you loved me. That you love them. even as, Then the world will know that Jesus is Lord and he's come to save his people. He's come to save sinners. 
You know, uh, the Great Commission, I, I love the Great Commission. We always think of it, like, I think, on a global scale. At the end of Matthew, you know, to go and make disciples of all nations. And I think that's good. We need to make disciples of all people groups. That's what the nations means there. We need to do that, but we can't forget to make disciples right here in the church, to pour our lives into one another, to be rooted deeply together in the church. We need to do that. That's paramount. We need to pour into each other's lives. It says, in teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. Teaching them. That's what discipleship looks like. That's what it looks like when we are united together as the church. United together as the church. I want you to look around you right now and get all uncomfortable. Just start looking around. I mean it. Look at the people that are sitting next to you, if you would. Come on, you guys can look harder than that. I know, weird, right? Don't make me look at that person. You see these people that are sitting around you? I see all of you. These are your brothers and your sisters. We're a big family that meets here every week. But we should go out there and meet every week too. Throughout our weeks, we should be gathering in our homes, in small groups, in Bible studies, celebrate recovery, men's breakfast. There's a woman's retreat coming up, and there's already a handful of ladies that I saw are signed up for this thing. It's for one night. Can you make time for one night? Man, I would, you would be blown away at how, clo- how much closer you will get how you will find that community. You'll find, start finding unity when you do these types of things. Even in just a few hours at night at your home. You ever notice how when you have somebody over at your house, you're, you're like, they go home and afterwards you're like, that was so great. We should do that more often. You ever feel like that? We do that every time. And then six months goes by and you're like, we should do that again. It's because when you gather with other believers, man, you you just connect in a way that you can't connect with somebody in this world that's not a believer yet. It's, It's a beautiful thing. This is our forever family, right? So you better get used to it, right? I mean, might as well get used to them now. Eternity is a long time. Roots are growing into theirs. We're both rooted in the same soil of Jesus Christ. Can you put that, that uh, one of those red, or the sequoia pictures back up there? I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. I love this picture of the church. Rooted down together. Lives are just intermingled, man. Accountability, relationships, fellowship, constantly just together. Everything in common because we have Christ in common and we've built our lives. It's like that song we said earlier. We've built our lives. So here's the challenge. Here's my takeaway for the day. The mission to go and be the church, to go do something with what you've heard today Are you ready for this? Write this down so you can't say that you didn't hear it. (laughs) I want you to invite a family here from church over for dinner or for lunch. If you're willing to accept that challenge, would you you be willing to accept that challenge? That's weird, huh? How dare you challenge us to that? (laughs) Some of you are thinking that right now. 
I bet. I guarantee it. I really, I mean it. I want to challenge you. This is uncomfortable for a lot of folks, but just somebody that you're not like, not, you don't have over every Sunday night, okay, either. Don't be cheating. <laughs> That's really the challenge here. Men, you, you've seen these younger guys around here. You know that you, you see and you think, I, I like that dude. You know, grab him and say, you know what, you want to get out a cup of coffee sometime? Like I said, man, we had four guys, Devin and I, that when we asked, no hesitation, they're like, yeah, let's go. Let's do it. And they're there every week. They were, they were hungry for it. They were just waiting. Don't wait anymore. Let's get our roots, man, just tangled together in, in Christ. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this day, Lord. I thank you so much for your word. God, thank you for putting your spirit in us, God, that we could be one with you, God, as you want us to be one with each other, Lord. God, help us to, to get more involved in each other's lives. As busy as we are, help us to get more involved with each other's lives, God. God, thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna ask the prayer team to come up. If you need prayer this morning, don't hesitate. That's one of those things. Prayer is powerful. Come and get prayer. Don't, don't be too pride, pride, proud to come up here and get some prayer. Come up here, please. We'd love to pray with you.
husband Jonathan just got a job at Cornerstone Christian Church in Pikeville Kentucky and we're both really excited and I'm super proud of him um, well with that being said I will be joining him there every Sunday um, in just a few short weeks but I couldn't leave this place without first thanking God um, for giving me this opportunity but for thanking each and every one of you here. You really don't know the impact um, that you've made on my life. And I just thank you so much for the love and the kindness and the support that you've given me. And I love First Church so much, um, and I selfishly pray that God would bring Jonathan and I back here at some point in the future. And um, we have truly been equipped well here um, by you all and, of course, by the Lord. And um, this past three years of being here and being able to do something I never thought I would do is um, just truly a testimony um, of God equipping you for what he has for you. So just always know that if you're, if you're afraid or if you're scared, if God has something in store for you, I promise you that he promises he will equip us for it. And so I just want to go ahead and dismiss with prayer. God... Um, we love you so much. We are just so glad that um, we are reminded today from Kelly, um, but ultimately by your word, that we need to hang out with each other and, and enjoy each other's company because that's where we're made whole and that's where you're made perfect. Um, thank you for sending the spirit to live in your believers um, so that we're made in perfect unity when we gather together to eat, to hang out, to fellowship for whatever it is, God, that we would... Um, we would take that challenge and we would, we would live our lives with people deeply rooted, just not on the surface level. And um, we, I just pray for everyone in this place today that we can just go out and truly show everyone that we are Christians by the way that we love. Um, and we know that love because we know you, Jesus. I pray that everyone has a great week and that um, you would bring us back here for other programmings that we have going on and other meetings and whatever it is um, next weekend throughout the week. We love you, God, and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You are dismissed. <laughs>